0: The Fake Show podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison & Steffen, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studios in Las Vegas, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's the Fake Show with Jim Toffey. Veteran comedian actor Paul Rodriguez has had a career that has now spanned about 40 years in films, TV series, and comedy specials. His first break, coming at the legendary Comedy Store in Los Angeles. Now he's involved in this tournament of laughs with a bunch of other comedians, both well-known and not-so-well-known. Let's check in with Paul Rodriguez now from his home in Los Angeles. Paul, how are you, sir? How are you and your family holding up?
1: Well, you know, like everybody else... Else. you know we're we're at home just uh, secluded waiting for this thing to be over and uh i guess uh, you know the, the, here in los angeles i'm calling you from it supposedly the governor was going to open everything up and all of a sudden you know this is the worst fourth of july i ever spent you know couldn't go to the <sighs> beach i don't know how you can get something at the beach but uh what i don't understand is that when you go to the beach you know, nobody goes there and puts their towel right next to somebody. You know, there's, there's a, kind of like a social distancing that's been happening even before the COVID. But yeah, are closed, and I'm having a horrible time, like most everybody else is, but we're hoping this is over soon.
0: Yeah, really. Well, uh, do you remember the first time you played here in Vegas, by the way? Because we had you on our morning show many times.
1: I do. I remember the first time I opened for Vicente Fernandez back in that day, some, uh, I don't know, some 20 years back, maybe more. Uh, they would only hire you when, uh, on, a, on like a Cinco de Mayo or a 16th of September, but you go to Vegas now before this uh, COVID thing, and you could actually play year-round. Last time I played there was at Jimmy Kimmel's room, and uh, it was, it was right. a great audience.
0: Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel, Brad Garrett has uh, has a room now.
1: Yeah, George Wallace, all my contemporaries, all the people that, that I used to have that year. I know Vegas is open. I can't wait to get there, but, you know, it, it's, it's going to affect stand of comics a lot because... You know, we depend on an audience. And, uh, you know, when it's going to be a long time before you can get, you know, two, three hundred people to be inside a, uh, a a club, you know, without wearing a mask. I don't know what's what going to happen. So it's going to be rough The stand-ups. But uh, what can you do, you know, find some other way to continue to do what you do?
0: I know it's crazy. Did, was your first gig uh, your kind of your breakthrough? Was it at the Comedy Store in L.A.?
1: Yes, it was. I, I started there. um I auditioned for Mitzi Shore, the late Mitzi Shore. She died last year. Right. She was uh, like my kind of mom. And um, she, the uh, first job I got was to, in the parking lot, you know, parking cars. And I remember being upset after I auditioned and I had a great set. This woman has given me a, a job at the parking lot. I even thought it was kind of like, you know, sure, put the Mexican in the parking lot. <laughs> but it turned out to be the greatest job. Uh, uh, a guy at the door there who had been there for many years said, you don't know how fortunate you are. He's just because... Uh, Imagine this: when, when Richard Pryor or Steve Martin, or these uh, big stars come in and they give you the keys to their Rolls Royce or their expensive car, they're gonna want to know everything about you. So here's an opportunity for you to, to get to know them. And and just like he said, he predicted, I uh, I did get to know a lot of them and, and it, it helped me out a lot. I I drove Richard Pryor around for about six months, and I got to meet, oh, uh, uh, you name it. I remember being there one time when uh, John Lennon walked in. Wow! Amazing. Those were the heydays of this so was the heyday of the of the comedy story was was Mecca was the epicenter of comedy at the time.
0: And as I recall, your gigs there once you did get up on stage kind of led to. I think Norman Lear saw you and created a sitcom for you.
1: He did. Norman Lear, I just saw him recently, not too long ago. The man is, looks the same, uh, and uh, yeah, he did. He gave me an opportunity. He did a show that didn't. It ran one season. Of ABC. It was AK Pablo, also known as Pablo, and right. this, but it, it it opened a lot of doors for me. And since then, um, I've had an opportunity to be in, like some forty motion pictures. Uh, I got one coming out. Uh, if this thing's ever over, it was supposed to come out in um, Thanksgiving uh, twenty twenty uh, in November. It was uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog with Paramount Pictures. We're, I was looking forward to this because it's a it's a big movie from Paramount. It had a it had a John Cleese and. Uh, it has a great cast from Saturday Night Live, and you know I was hoping this would give me some more, uh, give me a boost and and um, prop my career up again. But uh, this thing happened, so. I don't know when it'll be released, but but I know when it does, it'll it'll be a good family picture, you know, because it's. I mean, who doesn't know Clifford the Big Red Dog? Right, you know, right. When I, when I, uh,
0: by the way, how huge was it for you to get the role? Because I remember seeing you on uh, in the film Quicksilver with Kevin Bacon. I mean, that certainly had to lead to other things as well.
1: It has. It did. Uh, Kevin's one of the nicest, most generous uh, guys. You know, he he had already had a great resume, and he. He was very helpful to, uh taking me on and and i learned a lot from him I, I run into him every once in a while kevin is a terrific guy but uh i had done dc cab which was my my first role that i got right and i had everybody bill maher it had uh just uh, a bunch of a bunch of people who went on to have uh, good careers and then i did born in east la and and then uh quicksilver and and since then a lot of roles have been steadily coming you know i've, I've turned into a um, good character actor i think which is which is what uh, what life has for me now you know at at, at sixty five
0: when I used to look up your name Paul, to do research and and find out stuff about you, you came up, but now when I google the name Paul Rodriguez, your son, the superstar skateboarder his he 's all over the place isn 't he
1: yeah my son's been t- tremendous you know his uh, his career is just uh, uh he's, he's done a new series with netflix uh, the Selena. Selena the the singer they' they're, they're doing a series on Netflix he has that but he's just been a very uh un- unbelievably successful kid you know he's I wish I would have uh, listened to, to him, invested with him you know he's he's uh bought a beer company and he's he's turned this uh his uh, um, skateboarding into a success and I boo-hooed it, to tell you the truth when I, when he first told me that he wanted to be a skateboarder I don't know what the hell that was you know
0: uh-huh. How are
1: you going to make money like that. But, uh, boy, have I I learned, you know, his video games and got his own skate, uh, his primitive uh, clothing. You see it everywhere now. He's got uh, primitive skates, primitive everything. So I'm I'm very happy. If somebody's going to replace you, might as well be your son. You know, he's turned into... For me, he's my 401k plan.
0: (laughs) I like your way of thinking. You know, over the years, I know that uh, your friendships, you talk about Kevin Bacon, but I know that friendships have been so important for you, and I know that Robin Williams was certainly one of those guys for you, wasn't he?
1: Yes, Robin was, uh, uh, you know, I think of him, and it's hard to believe that he's gone. You know, he he was uh, such an inspiration and a friend. You know, uh, Robin had a way of uh, just about everybody he met uh, he would uh, they would get a feeling that he, they were his best friends and all that, but I really did get get to know him and v- very well him and Whoopi and, and Billy when they were doing comic relief. That was always something to look forward to. At the, at the end of the year, you kind of got to see all your contemporaries that you never saw because you're always on the road. But uh, Robin was a special person. I mean, uh, I went overseas with him to uh, to entertain the troops, and you should just seen the faces of those uh, guys when we went to. Uh, uh, different bases there. They they would just uh, I would do my my act and I'd bring him on and and um, the the audience would just go insane. You know, they, they, America had so much love for him. The world had so much love for him. He it's uh, so sad that he's gone. It's it's really hard to believe he, he he's gone. But but uh, he's one of those guys that like whenever you hear about celebrity who passes away, if they've had any kind of uh, impact in your life, you'll always remember where you were when when you first heard. That they had passed. This is how we show our, uh, how their importance in our lives. And, and Robin certainly is that to many, many people. He's, uh, just can't say enough about this guy. He's, uh, he was generous and, and kind and probably the, the funniest guy you'll ever meet. He was just amazing. Like I could, to make you laugh, uh, he would, he would take a purse from somebody in the audience and he'd have a joke for every object in that purse. <laughs> amazing.
0: Paul, tell me about Tournament of Laughs because it's got such a great lineup.
1: Well, Tournament of Laughs is an, uh, is an idea that, that was dreamed up. Um, uh, one of the producers there, uh, he came up with the idea to really to help uh, comics who you aren't working. You know, um, many of us are well off, but uh, still, you know, there's a lot of them that, that aren't as well known or, or, or financially well off, and it's an opportunity to uh, to give us a job. You know, and uh, what you do is that you make your own little videotapes on your phone. You make these, uh, these funny uh, tapes of how you're dealing with a pandemic or not or, or just a- anything you want to do, and then they put them on a grid, and then you compete with someone else, you know, and, and then uh, you win that and you advance yeah. to the next stage and, and so on and so on. There's going to be like, I think, six, six stages, and finally it will go down between two of the uh, 32 uh, comedians I began with. And some very prominent ones. You have Gilbert Gottfried. You have uh, Margaret Cho, and it's hosted by uh, Sadakis. From uh, Saturday Night Live. And- yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Go? And I saw one of the videos you did on uh, uh, YouTube and it's hysterical. I encourage everyone to check it out, man. It's Paul Rodriguez on Tournament of Laughs on TBS. Always great catching up with you, Paul, and, and good luck in the future.
1: I appreciate it. We'll see each other soon. Hopefully.
0: All right, buddy. Take care. And remember, you can always vote on Tournament of Laughs at tournamentoflaughs.com. It's on every Sunday on TBS. That does it for this Fake Show podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you back here next time. Take the Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.